like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I've seen this movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Join the club. We've got jackets. And you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey everybody, welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me as always, Corey Starr. And we are here this week, um, part three of the biopic month. Uh, we've so far discussed uh, Into the Wild, 42, and this week we're here to talk about Bronson from 2008, a movie that I did not know was a biopic, uh, when Mike Sanchez, our top five movie partner, mentioned this years ago. Um, and I bought it then and had been meaning to watch it, um, we get into picking movies for this month, and Corey could not decide, and I kind of forced her to pick this one. So technically, this is Corey's pick. Realistically, I guess it's kind of my pick. Um, but uh, before we get into our review of Bronson, I'm going to first say THP. That's a foreshadowing for something I'll bring up later. And then... Before we talk about the movie of the week, we like to catch up on how things have been going and what we've been watching since the last time we recorded. So, Corey, how you doing? I'm fine. I'm glad it's Friday. Oh, but I'm good. also, I picked up, yeah, I picked up some overtime tomorrow night, so I'll be working. But on a Saturday, huh? Yeah, I I do that sometimes. So, like, I have so many functions with my job that sometimes I get more done if like my department is not actually open because i don't need to answer phone calls or you know i don't i don't i don't want to sound people ask me a lot of questions you know so it's like sometimes if i'm just working by myself i can like bang out in two hours what it might take me four hours to do when my department is open mm. you know just because we're such a busy department so yeah. it's it's fine and i'm not complaining and that's my job but I just always feel like I get a lot done and I feel like I'm making headway and, you know, accomplishing a lot more. So, and also I like to work, work solitary. I can work in a group too, though, people. Um, yeah. So, and also I'm going for brunch with my girls tomorrow and our market is opening up back downtown because it's been like in a neighboring town for a while. So I'm excited because I'm, I want to start buying more local and in season fruits and vegetables. And I would like to support our local farmers. <laughs> and so I'm just excited. I'm excited. How are I, you? I, I'm, I almost had a, not a brunch where you go out to brunch, but like a group of friends making brunch uh, tomorrow. Uh, my, my normal magic play group and a few other friends are, um, they started a new D and D campaign last week. Uh, I haven't, officially joined because i it's hard for me to commit to D D because it is like oh you know it requires everyone being together and um but they're they're doing an early session tomorrow like 10 to 2 and uh are doing like a brunch but i i have stuff i gotta work on um so i i had to still forego so i don't know if, I'm, i feel like they're gonna get too far ahead of me where i won't be able to join um, but if I do get to join, my plan is to make a bard, which is exciting to me because I really I like the whole idea of like being a musician with magical powers. Um, so, uh, but and then um, I don't know if I've talked about my my fandom of the current Mountain Dew flavor, the uh, Major Melon Mountain Dew. To um, me, you have. 
primarily because it's, they have the zero option. And so it's one of the, the drinks that I can drink. Um, and it's really sweet and I really, really like it. And for like the last month, it's been like impossible to find outside of 20 ounce bottles. Like none of the stores have had the 12 packs and it was really bumming me out. And then last week, Publix had uh, Pepsi products, buy two, get two free. And they had, they got a reshipment of the Ma- Major Mountain Dew Zero. And I was like, I hope you got four of Oh, I bought too many, Corey. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I did, I did, I, it was legit. Like my brain was like, okay, how much can I justify spending so Five. I have them? And I only, I did, I did, I bought uh, three. And then I got Kathy uh, a 12 pack of Diet Dr. Pepper. And then I went back and I got two and two, two Dr. Peppers, two uh, Major Mountain Dew. So I, I, feel I bought like... four, which isn't outrageous. I almost bought, I almost bought two more and I was like, no, I, I haven't. It's not like I've drank them. Like I try to only drink like two or three sodas a day max and um, of the zeros. And uh, sometimes I, I do go more, but um, I am currently drinking a major melon Mountain Dew actually, because I was, it's, I've been gone all day and I wanted one. So, um, but yeah. Uh, so like, that's, that's a, one of those dumb things where like, it's such a small thing, but it made me really happy to finally like find these. Um, and also Publix has Halo Top ice cream up buy one, get one right now. Oh, yes. um, and I'm a big fan of that. Uh, I don't eat a lot of it because it's, it's still a lot of calories for like not real food, but it's yeah. a nice treat that doesn't feel as guilty as having real ice cream. So, um, I mean, look at that compared to a pint of like Ben and Jerry's. Exactly. Yeah. Like the whole Although, pint of Halo Top's 300 calories. Ben and Jerry's is really good and everybody deserves it sometimes, but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it's it's okay. Like, you know, people got to do things. Like, sometimes you splurge a little bit, and that's all right. Um, but yeah, it's I I'm feeling really tired. Um, to I I think I might actually let myself sleep in a little tomorrow if I don't. Uh, if my friend isn't running with me, um, because I am I'm actually tired, and I don't always feel tired. But sometimes when you you gotta listen to your body, and I'm feeling like I need some sleep. Um. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been a pretty fun week. I've played Magic too many times, but the summer is winding down. We've only got like two weeks of break left, basically. And I, it, with that, I also have like a training I got to do. Like I am giving the training um, to like new teachers, and then uh, one of my graduates um, is going to be uh, starting at teaching at the high school. Um, she's starting. She's it'll be her second year teaching, but her first year with us. And she will be directly across the hall from me. So I'm really excited because she was one of my uh, like hardcore movie kids and spent most of her lunches sitting at my desk just talking about movies with me. So I'm really excited. Uh, one, that she's going to be a co-worker across the hall. And then two, um, she's just got engaged. Like this is a big summer for her because she's got she's coming back to her alma mater, um, just got engaged. And so like there's a upcoming it's a few weeks out, but there's going to be like a, a housewarming slash engagement party. Um so I'm going to probably go to that, which is like, it's kind of surreal. It makes me feel a little old, you know, because um, I had her all four years too. So like I, I've watched her grow up and now it's like, oh my God, now you're getting married. And it's like, I feel old, um, but in a good way, in a good way, you know, like I'm proud of her and it's exciting to have a coworker who, you know, um, I know so well. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been a good week, I would say overall. Simple, but good. We'll take it. With that, let's get into what we've been watching. Uh, you want to go first or second? I'll go first. Alrighty. Obviously, um, still watching The Office always. Um, 
And then uh, I watched Luca. The n- uh, Luca? newish. Huh? What did you say? Luca? Yeah. Yeah. I watched that too. Yeah. Um, a new Pixar Disney movie. And I wrote Bill in because that's what I did. And he doesn't know it. But I think that eventually we're going to move to Italy. And I just oh. want to live on a coast. And not know anyone. <laughs> um, does anybody else dream of like complete anonymity? Um, <laughs> also, I went to the theater last night and I watched uh, the new uh, Roadrunner Anthony Bourdain film. Oh, I want to see that. It's a documentary about Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. Um, very good. Uh, very. I mean, we all know how it ends, but yeah. it still has. I I only ever watched like a couple episodes of his show. I knew of him mostly because of the musicians he was friends with. Like I saw that they were going to be inter in, uh, interviewing Allison Mosshart from The Kills and some other bands, and also Joshua Hami from Queens of the Stone Age. And I was like, hell yeah! Um, so I thought that was cool. But lots of heavy stuff, obviously. Um, but very very good. And then I started watching Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I because I watched Blade Runner not too long ago, and obviously you have to watch them both. But I always forget that it's like three hours long almost because it doesn't feel that long to me. So I still have forty five minutes left of it because I was like, "Oh, it's midnight. I need to go to bed." But that's what I've been watching. Um, I watched. Uh, I finished Loki. Um, I forgot about Dave. Now I have to watch Dave. Ah, crud totally blanked on dave um but i i watched season uh the finale of loki i won't talk about it it's i really like the series though i'm very excited for it um i also watched luca as you said um i to be fair to luca i did do the like i threw it on and i was doing other stuff um while i was watching it but it didn't grab me like raya and the last dragon did where like, i haven't seen that yet oh that's really good i i got pulled it, like I threw Raya on, I was like, I'll just watch it, and you know, it'll be fine. But at some point, I stopped doing what I was doing. I was like, really into the movie. Luca didn't do that, um, but I won't, I still enjoy it. I, there's no, I have yet to find a Pixar movie that I absolutely can't stand. The only one I think I probably won't like would be Cars Two, and I haven't watched Cars Two. Didn't they do the dinosaur movie? I forget what it's the called. The Good Dinosaur. I don't dislike a Good Dinosaur. Eh, I don't think it's it great. Like a Disney movie, not like Pixar level. Yeah. Right, but that's still pretty good you know what i mean like it's not like it's bad and it's it's not terrible i inherently like the the pet type stories you know where it's like the boy and his dog even though it's a dinosaur and his boy in that case you yeah um it's hard to not enjoy that dynamic again it wasn't perfect or anything but it wasn't i I still don't think it's bad um i watched roman holiday for the first time which speaking of italy uh, i watched luca and roman holiday by coincidence i had no plan of that it just happened to be hey um really like roman holiday a lot like that it's obviously a classic a lot of people like it isn't that but it, it's been on my radar for a long time to uh it's been on my goal to check it off because i've never seen an audrey hepburn movie um until oh, that man i've tried watching breakfast at tiffany's so many times i've it's on my list and also there's one where she is it's like a she plays a blind woman oh man. i feel like i've watched that one matt's matt's talked about that one so many times and i he literally mentioned it on on our recording the other day and i don't remember what it's called already but uh it's on my list i just haven't you know i don't remember off the top of my head um i watched the new steven soderbergh film no sudden move which is on hbo max 
Um, that one was at Tribeca, and uh, they didn't offer it to critics at home, um, so I wasn't able to watch it there. Same thing, actually, with The Roadrunner. That was on our list of movies we were supposed to get to see, and then they took it off like with the day we were supposed to get it. Um, and I was very bummed because I wanted to watch that. But No Sudden Move, I really liked. Um, Benicio Del Toro and... Uh, I don't know why I, can, I keep drawing blanks on um, Don Cheadle's name. I cannot pull his name. The second time, I was like, my brain's like, nope, it's not there anymore. But uh, check that out. Really, really liked that movie. Um, yeah, crime, twisty film, just... Uh, Soderbergh's usual kind of weird uh, reveals. I, I like, I've, I've become a fan. Um, watch the movie we're going to talk about momentarily. Go ahead, Corey. I think it's interesting because I just pulled up No Son of Move because I, Benicio Del Toro, he's in, uh, they're playing the trailers for um, French Dispatch again and he's in it. Oh, I can't wait it, to see that. I can't either. I was so excited to see the trailer on the big screen. Um, I, go ahead. Oh, I was oh, so I pulled up this No Set and Move, um, and it's an HBO Max movie, which the Roadrunner uh, doc was too. I just think that's interesting. Like these, the like even like Netflix or like I know it so that they can probably be part of the awards and all that stuff, but it's still interesting to me. Well, HBO Max is also Warner Brothers. Um, oh, now and so all the Warner Brothers uh, films that were supposed to be. Like, No Sudden Move, I don't think, got a theatrical run, but most of the Warner Brothers films that were go- are getting same-day theatrical, and um, and that's uh, Space Jam is now on HBO Max, which I've not that watched yet, but so it's on bad. my list. It does, but I still have to watch it um, because obligations. But um, I watched uh, Gunpowder Gun Milkshake, which is a Netflix original film that's kind of like a feminist John Wick uh, with a kind of weird tone. Um, I like a lot of it i don't think it's 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 definitely flawed but i had a lot of fun watching it um oh, uh yeah. karen gillian who i'm a real big fan of uh she's nebula in the guardians of the galaxy films um she's just really really good i like her in almost everything but lena Head- headley's in it uh, carla gugino michelle Yeoh, and angela bassett are all fantastic you get paul giamatti in there he's he's doing the giamatti it's fine is he being um, a bad guy Sorry yeah, if that's yeah. spoilers, but that's just kind of it's not now. It's not really spoilers. It's it's pretty clear right away that he's not trusting not trustworthy, but he's not the worst guy either. But there's a there's a few problems with some of the action. I think there's a few like uh shots that look kind of bad. There's a lot of CG blood that I think I I really don't like CG blood. Um if it's especially if you can tell it's CG and it's not a practical effect. But overall I, I thought it was good. I, I it's not good. It's very fun. And it's it's an action movie, so it's doing what it's doing, and it's it's. But I, I didn't dislike it at all. Um, and then uh, I went yesterday early to the theater to see Escape Room: Colon Tournament of Champions. Um, I was actually a fan of Escape Room. I, I went in very like, oh god, a January horror film. Uh, it's gonna be terrible. And I really liked it. I had a lot of fun with it. It moves quick. It it has really good set pieces and a lot of like. You know, it's they're trying to solve puzzles because it's like an escape room, except if you don't solve the puzzle, you die. Um, the sequel, it's a little sweaty to get the setup going. It made a, the first one made a lot more sense why everyone was in the escape room. Uh, this is Tournament of Champions, which implies everyone who's in this particular set of escape rooms has done it before. And so to get them all in that scenario, because like, why would you volunteer to go back to an escape room that almost killed you? Um was a little sweaty like it was very like it's like well okay i get how these two ended up 
what about the others? Like, it doesn't make sense why they're all also involved. Um, and then uh, what I, the movie's really fast. Like, it's 88 minutes, Corey. It's like you're in and out. Like, in it, uh, once it gets into the escape room stuff, it's, a lot, it's so much fun. You're just like, you know, before you know it, the movie's over. And you're like, oh, okay. Um, but when you look back at it, I feel like there's a lot of introduced ideas that then get cut off. Some feel like it's cut off because maybe they, they it's like, ah, we don't have time to spend with this. So we'll just leave it, you know, whatever. It's not, it's not vital that, you know, the details. Um, and some of them feel like maybe they had a few different ideas and like they went a different direction, but forgot to remove a part of the script. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. like this reference would have made more sense if this happens, but they don't do that. So maybe that reference makes zero sense and it's because they, they edited something. So there's little problems like that, but it's still a very enjoyable kind of horror experience. In my opinion, like I, I still was vibing it. Um, I, I still think the escape room set pieces are really cool and it's a good premise for a horror film. Like, cause the idea of us like, Hey, I'll pay you money. Lock me in a room is a dumbass idea, right? Like there's not, it's not a smart decision. Granted, you don't expect a business like if a business was killing everyone who paid money to go in the room, odds are they wouldn't get a lot of business, right? People would start to come up missing, but still, like it's such a weird idea to like voluntarily get trapped. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like not even not even voluntarily pay for it. I would like to be trapped, please. So, um, it's not a far leap to then say, well, what if someone was evil in doing that? You're like, oh yeah, okay, that makes a lot of sense. So, I think it works just as a premise on its own. And that is uh, what I've been watching. So that concludes that segment. Let's move into our film of the week. This is Bronson from 2008, uh, directed by Nicholas Winding Refn, a director who I am kind of on the fence about. He's definitely an auteur. He has his own style and his own voice for sure. Um, I really like Drive. That's the Ryan Gosling film with with Carrie and... uh, Carrie Mulligan, that's her name. Um, and uh, and Oscar Isaac is in that movie, too. Um, and Brian Cranston. It's it's a pretty star-studded cast. Um, really, really like that movie. Uh, Neon Demon messed me up so much. Like, did you see Neon Demon? No. Yeah. There, there's, a, there's a moment in that movie that not only made me very, very nauseous, but I've never been able to forget. And it, I'll never forget it. it it's so traumatizing to me um it, oh, it's so gross um and that really like hit hard and it's an interesting movie i don't dislike it i don't like it i don't think i could ever watch it again um because of that one moment too um but really good cast performances i didn't really get only god forgives i think was the other gosling movie he did yeah i tried yeah, I, I didn't dislike it. I didn't I didn't like it. I definitely don't feel like I understood it. Um, but uh, he co-wrote this movie with Brock Norman Brock, which is, is that really his name? Is his name Brock Norman Brock? Does he have the same? What? Uh, this movie stars Tom Hardy predominantly. It's very, very Hardy-centric. Um, Kelly Adams, uh Louis Andrews, Katie Barker. I don't know any of the other people in this movie, basically. Um, I feel like there was at least one other face I recognize, but looking at the IMDb list here, I don't recognize any of these people. But um, So this movie is about uh, not Charles Bronson, the actor, which the funny thing, I never made that connection 
until watching this movie and i was like oh that's kind of funny and then later when you find out how he got his name I'm like oh well it's not funny at all it's just what happened um this movie has a 71 meta score a uh 7.1 imdb user score um Corey, i made you kind of pick this movie what did you think about it not for me i don't really you don't find this compelling not in the least actually um I had to rewind it a couple times because I fell asleep. Um, this just wasn't for me. Um, I like... You know how I am, though. I need to care about someone in the movie. And it just... Really didn't. I honestly blows my mind a little bit. <laughs> like Why? Because <laughs> you like true crime stuff. But... He just keeps doing it to himself. Like, yeah, but that's a whole mental health concern, right? Like, he's not all there. Maybe it's from all the fighting that doesn't help. I don't really know, mm, but I mean, it, I'm sure it doesn't help. But he he was problematic, or he had issues long before he was actively fighting. So, oh yeah, from like childhood, this person. I just. I don't know. I wouldn't set out to watch a movie about Britain's most violent prisoner. Like, why do y'all keep giving him the opportunity to be violent? I mean, what are you, are you proposing? The death penalty? No. And they I say that they... I mean, we can talk about this more after we get into spoilers, yes, even though it's a true. true story. But I just... It just... I don't know. Yeah, I didn't like this movie. I... Yeah. So I, I don't, the complaint about not liking the character, I don't think works in this case because it isn't, I don't think the movie wants you to like him. Um, I think the story is compelling um, because of the, the absurdity of all of it. Like one, um, British crime is very different, right? Like if, if he wouldn't even come close to America's most violent criminal, like the guy's not probably not. Uh, I mean, not because he think like while he's caused a lot of chaos in prisons and he's hurt people, the the number of people he has killed is far, far fewer. I don't even I don't feel like I think what I read is zero. But yeah, that was what I was I'm trying to recall. Uh, I, I did. I watched this earlier than I normally watch our movies. So like I'm <laughs> a few days out. But. um, But like so oh man there's so many things about this movie i was really really into i didn't Um, like so much about it the my only complaint about the film is i think the structure uh it's not not the structure like depending on what you mean when you said yep there because your your assumption of what i'm saying with structure i i think it's a little long Um, oh it's not it's only an hour 32 minutes but i feel like the 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 way it introduces things felt like at one point the movie was ending and it wasn't, but it was a true story, obviously. So like, you know, it, the, his journey is so like roller coaster, um, that I was like, wait, are, are we not done with this at this point? I'm like, Oh no, I guess we have more to go. We have a lot to do. And it, it wasn't that the movie felt long. It just felt like the climax was weird like i don't know i can't quite it's it's when you're doing a true story it's harder to plot because there's not necessarily going to be a three-act structure to someone's life um 
I liked him telling the story to an audience, um, which is the framing device of the movie, right? Like as if he's uh, reciting this like hero's journey, almost version of his life to this audience because I like Tom Hardy so much. Um, I think Hardy is amazing in this movie. Uh, and I have to real quick address um, THP. Tom Hardy penis, right? Like, there's so like, much. What are you doing? Is that slang? I should know. I, I didn't even think Tom Hardy. Yeah, that was unexpected. And it's like right off the Batman. <laughs> like, yeah, and, and hey, a few other uh-huh. times. Since he is in Dark Knight. I mean, it's more like more like Tom Hardy, huh? Right? You know, because... <laughs> I think we both need to stop. I wasn't expecting that. I, yeah. Yeah, I, I was not either. So I guess uh, viewers be warned if you haven't watched this movie already. Um, there is some nudity. Uh, just his. I don't think there's any other nudity in the movie. Um, and You're right. Uh, part of it is um, there's a part where he makes a guy butter him up, which is <laughs> super weird and funny. Uh so I guess that made him slippery. Yeah, no, yeah, totally. Uh, which it makes sense in the moment too. Um, but I feel bad for the guy he made butter him up. Uh, the guy was definitely not okay with what was happening. Especially he's like butter my butt, butter it. Um, <laughs> so I did. Uh, I didn't know. So for me, what I really found so compelling is I knew nothing about this. Like I went into this movie with very little information. Um, I kind of expected him to be like a crime boss, like you know like a mobster or something right and he's not anything he's just a guy who keeps making really dumb decisions but i love the idea that it was all under the this he wanted to be famous right like that's what motivated him that's what pushed him to to do the keep doing dumb things because he had this feeling he was supposed to be something more and I think a lot of us can relate to that, you know, like even if you, uh, not the decisions that are made, but this idea, this desire to be bigger than your station, to be more than where you started and him seeing this opportunity that he misinterprets as fame, right? Like that I can be this bad guy. Um, and then, you know, he, he tries a few things, but he just always ends up, making bad decision after bad decision. It's just, it's crazy. And some of the stuff, uh, the true story stuff is pretty shocking too. And like, there's the whole, I don't know. I, I found the story very compelling. Um, again, I don't, I don't like the man who is now known as Charles Bronson. Um, sorry for the actor who this guy stole his name, <laughs> but, um, but I found a lot of it like visually compelling. There's some really cool, uh set pieces where it's you know like the even the opening when we see him in like this cage it's like so alarming and surprising um because i'm like is this supposed to really be what they do to a prisoner like i still don't know that part of it so i guess there's some question about authenticity like is this an artistic interpretation of what he went through or is this supposed to actually be what he went through kind of thing but but I, I really like this movie. I, obviously, um, a lot of people did. It's at a 71. Tom Hardy's career has only gone up since this movie. Um, it definitely feels more in line with Bane 
than a lot of his other characters that I've seen him play too. Um, you know, he doesn't, I mean, Mad Max, uh, was another, you know, kind of eccentric fighter character, but then he's, he's often like a suave kind of calm and cool collected guy. Like in inception, he's very chill to me, um, by comparison to like those characters. So it's, I, I like seeing the range that Hardy can go. Um, I definitely am a huge fan of, I mean, God, I just think I'm like thinking through his filmography and he made Venom good. Like Venom's a bad movie, but he is so good in it that I liked Venom. Like, despite a lot of issues that that movie had, but I just really, really like him so much um, in that role. And uh, I think here, I think he's just on top of his game, giving us this character who's, you know, the only thing, the only complaint I ever have about Hardy is he is a uh, soft spoken actor. So like, a lot of times I'm like, wait, what are you saying, dude? I don't know what you're saying. Like speak up a little bit, you know, um, I've seen, I, I, there's actually still several movies of his I've not seen. Um, and I kind of want to watch a few of them. There's a couple I don't want to watch. Uh, but like, I really, really want to see, um, lawless with it's him and Shia LaBeouf, like a Western. Um, I don't know if it's any good, but I, I feel like I would like that. Probably he's awesome in warrior. Um, but yeah, I, I'm a big fan of his and I subsequently like Bronson. So, um, anything else before we get to spoilers? No. All right, let's do it. Guys, from here on out, we're going to talk about this movie in great detail. You have been warned also though. It's a true story. So <laughs> yeah. Fair point. Um, although, again, I knew nothing about this guy, so I, I didn't know what I was getting into uh, in any way. Um, there is a lot of articles about the guy. Uh, I found one um, from News Daily. Uh, I don't know. I think that's the website. They're, the logo is changing, so now I'm not even sure. Uh, Film Daily? It's Film Daily. And uh, here, here's why Charles Bronson is still the UK's most dangerous prisoner. Um and it kind of tells the story that the movie tells, but then it gets into like currently his situation. Um, and apparently like, like there's a scene that was a little, little jarring in the film where you see like a guy on the roof, like destroying a prison. Um, and that I think is like footage from like news footage of, of the actual guy, like, like rebelling. Cause yeah, I guess he did different strikes and stuff, uh, throughout the time that he was there. Um, and he did cause so much, uh, so much money throughout the the damages and and the people he hurt and all that that they did let him go uh, in 1987 um and that was when he takes the name Charles uh, Bronson from Michael Peterson and it's just it's so crazy like all that stuff is crazy to me um I almost killed the one guy but didn't um it even says he was subjected to a Hannibal cage at, while at Wakefield um which I think was maybe the mental institution and uh, Bronson destroyed several machines in prison in 1999. Uh, and then that was after 40 hours of sie- sieging the prison, Bronson let his hostage go. That was the last sequence in the movie. The artist, the art teacher, whatever. Uh, and this got him life in prison, though. This was the finale. So that's 1999, apparently, according to this article. So does he take two prisoners or was it three? I'm remembering to the librarian and then the art teacher. Uh, it only says one here, but this is the true story, not the movie. So I don't, I don't remember to be honest on the movie. Okay. Um, 
I remember the art teacher because the art teacher he has like pinned behind like he's like painting his face and stuff and it's really it's really messed up like it was bugging me like watching it very uncomfortable i didn't realize that was 40 hours i might have missed that um but so if he really i mean in the movie he takes a prisoner and then he ends up later on being able to take a second prisoner why are they even presenting him with the opportunity to take i don't know i feel like i mean it i think that they said that he's in prison for 37 years at some point maybe now i don't know i think at the time of the movie movie, but he's still alive and still in prison and 30 years was it of it was in solitary confinement and it's just like i don't know i'm just i mean i guess what like not to get into but what what would be the alternative like especially because he's in solitary like they they're keeping him away from other people as much as they can i mean don't give him any i mean the librarian goes into his room to give him library books or something i can't remember what it was and that was the part where he lathers him up with uh the petroleum jelly or whatever it is I mean, why are they going in? They must have like some kind of like little door or I don't know what it would be called in the door where you could just slide things, you know, through. I would say that that's he he is the character to me throughout the film. And from what I'm telling, like, because he has like uh, he did like exercise stuff, like videos or something that like people could buy or maybe a book. He wrote like an exercise book. Um, about being like in like a, a solitary situation, being able to do like um, what's very popular after COVID was the the body weight exercises. You know, when you didn't have access to a gym anymore, what can you do? Yeah, and that was what he wrote books about. That um, oh, like the real life guy. Uh, so I think he has enough of a, especially I think with you get Tom Hardy to play him right because there is a charm there, like something's off, but there's this kind of disarming friendliness like if you look at his pictures he reminds me more of like a professional wrestler where like he, especially with the mustache because the mustache yeah. is like pretty wild it reminds me like those um those like i don't like the strong men yeah like from a long time ago with like the fairs and stuff yes. and there's something about that where it's like i don't want to make them angry but they're also like they don't seem scary inherently you know what i mean and it's not until he snaps or I mean, like he's in prison. loses it, loses it. Yeah. Right. But I think I'm I think there's a degree of okay, so like you're the new guy. You meet this guy. People go to jail for a variety of reasons. Word. Not all of them are bad people. So like he seems nice. He seems friendly. And then he snaps. Because that's the thing about Bronson to me in the depiction of the film is that he's not a bad guy most of the time but when he snaps all bets are off like you don't know what he's going to do granted again there's only one guy where it looks like he tried to kill him like legitimately like was choking him and and didn't kill him was it a pedophile i think so i'm pretty sure he said something about they could go looking for a nine-year-old child together or something like that i was like what i should have rewound it and like yeah yeah yeah, listen again but it was when i I didn't catch that um, I didn't I, catch him say it was a pedophile, but I'm reading it on Wikipedia. You're completely right. Something about so, picking up a nine-year-old or something together. Oh, man. I see. I didn't catch that. Oh. Well, see, again, so the only guy he tried to kill So was I'm not that really. Guy. Yeah. 
yeah, you're like, okay. If you're going to pick somebody, that's definitely harder to get upset about. Um, Yeah. And so, again, he's Hmm. not a bad guy in the sense of, like, a horror, like, well, a pedophile, right? Like, he's not. Yeah, no, 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 no. And so, you know, that's where I feel sorry for him. I, you know, obviously. There's that he he as the character in the movie says like I'm not insane, but the hard part of that is like would an insane person know that they're not yeah. insane or that they are insane? You know, like would they be aware of that? So like it's such a, a slippery slope because again there is always the fear too of being like gaslit. Like if if I am the person at a mental institution and it's my word versus the person who I'm saying is insane, you know it's unfair. It's that. Fear, right like uh if you ever saw soderbergh's film um unsane that whole the gaslighting experience where you're just like this person's locked in a in a mental institution and now can't get out because no one believes they're not crazy that's horrifying that's such a scary feeling um and that's you know you're you're watching this and you're wondering like is was he is he like fully crazy or is he just violent sometimes and of course then the question becomes well is lashing out and violence not crazy you know maybe we don't have a a more formal name for it but like i have lived a long time and well i've i've definitely hit a few people throughout my life you never like not definitely never beat anybody you know but like you know i've been in a couple of fights when i was a young kid and maybe didn't know how to control my temper but i i actively go through my days now not hitting people you know like it's never my first instinct it's never my first like reaction Right. So again, I don't know if he's crazy or not, but he definitely seems to not have control over some of the things that he's doing. Like, or at least maybe at the very least, he makes bad decisions if he does have control. I I don't know. I found the story really, really crazy. Yes, uh, according to that same article that I, I read earlier, I, I saw that too. Um, He's had and three I, I wives. Think they're still married? Yeah, they don't depict that in the movie, and um, um, I think it's implied that he has one, and then he tries to propose to the one girl, and she like says, "No, I'm with, I I love my boyfriend or whatever." But I don't think that's, yeah, I, and I don't think that's accurate to. Uh, the real life. I think that's a little bit of movie, you know, it's more compelling if this happens kind of thing. Um, and that's, I do like, I like Reffin's Reffin's got an interesting visual style. He likes to do, you know, these kind of dramatic pieces where like everything is, is in black or, or it almost seems like there's nothing else in the room except for the center of whatever he is lighting, you know, like the, the, the shot of him in the cage towards the end when he's got his, uh, body painted in black paint and he's like kind of framed out it's like he's he's just got a really cool visual um aesthetic that i think makes it even more compelling sorry i am just really intrigued with this woman that's an actress that married him in prison but i guess they were married from 2017 until she died in 2019 oh man like what does it say what she died from um I was trying to find it, but yeah. I also, I really do like the, I'm such a big fan of like art as therapy. 
and it seems to really be initially working for him, although, it, again, he snaps yet again. Um, but I really, uh, I like finding out that he was, like, a legit artist and, like, I, is very, very good, apparently. Yeah, I just saw something where he was auctioning off his work or something for causes. Oh, I guess she died from multiple drug toxicity. Mm. She was only 38. Wow. Yeah, he's way older. What a baby. Yeah, he's 68. Holy cow. Why would she marry a dude? He's still in prison, right? Yeah. Oh, because he has life prisoners, right? So, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm i sorry you didn't like it. I really did like this. Um, I find this. I found the story to be very, very compelling. Super interesting. Tom Hardy is outstanding. And... Uh, I, I I would put this as Ruffin's second best movie. I think Drive is better, but Drive is a more traditional film, um, in a lot of ways. I mean, it still still has a lot of his cool visual style, and it it's such a like flashy kind of neo noir movie. Um, this is I really like the music in it. <laughs> it's such an interesting biopic though, because it's not it it it's a person looking back at their life and kind of telling their story as if they have written a theatrical show. Which makes you wonder: is is that supposed to be his like inner inner monologue? Is this how he justifies the decisions that he's made? Um, and with Refn's kind of you know unique style, I think that's probably not far off from what he's going for. That it's not just him talking to us, because even if you think about how he frames that those moments, I don't think you ever see the audience and um, the the uh, Bronson at the same time. We're looking at Bronson. And then we cut to the audience um, and we're not looking over his shoulder. Like we're always like just looking from his perspective, which is like, is this what he's imagining he's talking to? You know what I mean? Like, is this all in his head? Obviously it is because he's in prison in real life. And so he's telling the story, but the way he shows us that he's telling the story is really interesting to me because it's not something that could have happened. Bronson could have never have actually been able to do this but it totally seems like something he would want to do given like the artistic side of his character that we see at the end. Like he's really into art. Um, he's into this performance element. So like you could almost see this being maybe a dream of his, like I wish I could go and tell my story to the world and put on this big theatrical performance. And even uh, like this, there's a scene where he's um, doing the, the very classic, like half man, half woman, like paint and like nails and stuff. And he's talking to himself in the two different roles. I thought that was just really great. I, I don't know. I feel like Hardy is maybe thought of more of a, like a blockbuster actor at this point, but he still does these like really interesting roles and he does what um, he wants is, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I appreciate respect. that a lot. I really, yeah. really like him. Um, and he just, I don't know. He just brings something to every performance and it's, it's great. Uh, I, I'm definitely a big, big Tom Hardy fan, and this movie was one that I really, I think for me, kind of showed me a little more of where he can go. And, um, yeah, I, I, I definitely, I'm glad I finally got to watch this, and that Mike had recommended it all those years ago because I, again, it was totally not on my radar, um, and I knew nothing about the story, and so, and of course. Anytime I learn anything about some someone from England, I have to like, hey Matt, do you know about this? <laughs> um, yeah, he's our most violent prisoner, John. No, 
Like, well, he he has seen the movie at least, though. So yeah. I mean, what a thing to be known for! What a thing to strive yeah. for! And that's the kind of irony is that this movie isn't a blockbuster. This is a small indie film, um, and so even like, yes, this guy has had a biopic made about him. It, its box office is two point three million, like although with a very small budget, only two hundred thirty thousand oh, dollar wow. budget. So it it did its it did its job, but you know this was a very small movie that I would venture to say a lot of people don't know about despite it having this major now a major star now but at 2008 he hadn't really done much yet you know and it obviously so, has fans yes it definitely has a following it, it did go to some festivals and Refn has a nicholas weiner Refn is not a big name director um but he's a very well regarded indie director and again maybe a little controversial in that not everybody thinks uh his movies work all the time and he's definitely not catering to um anybody i haven't seen valhalla rising i think that's his biggest uh like blockbuster level type film neon demon had the big cast drive had a big cast but drive was relatively small when it came out by comparison um it doesn't look like he has anything else coming out anytime soon i wonder what he's working on oh i guess he had a film last year i didn't see uh too old to die young with miles teller The name or the the movie? I know Miles Teller, but the the too old to die young. Oh, it was it's a only listing one person. Oh, maybe that's why. That's why it's, oh, it's on not Amazon. showing everything. It is on Amazon. It's got pretty good reviews on Letterbox. Oh, like just scrolling through. It's surprising it's on Letterbox because it's not a movie, but um, I guess they, they some people trick that stuff into there, but. Um, guess they only had one season and Amazon said in, uh, that they did not intend to produce a second season. Well, that's, that seems to be happening a lot more recently with a lot of the different networks just canceling shows, uh, that did well or got, you know, like, <sighs> that people seem to have a, a, a fandom for, but you know, there's just not enough. It has Jenna Malone in it. That makes sense because she's a neon demon too. She just always looks like a baby to me, and she's my age. Well, uh, is there anything else about the movie you want to add before we wrap up? No. So uh, that is our review and take on uh, Capote. Oh, nope, that's the next movie of uh, Bronson. Um, sorry, my brain's already like getting to that part. Uh, I I would say. I don't think I could say must-see, but I definitely say this is not quite golden for me and Corey. I'm going to go with a decent watch. I'll take that. I feel like when the when we started talking, you were leaning uh, not a total waste of time, and I, I think our conversation, as it often does, um, maybe turned you a little more positive. Um, we will be back next week with Capote. Um, I got to pull up some stats on this one because I haven't. I, I, the only thing I know off the top of my head is that it is Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, I I actually own this movie on did uh, physical twice because apparently I bought it and then later bought it again, not realizing that I bought it. Um, oh, Catherine Keener's in this. This is the second uh, biopic with Catherine Keener this month. Um, and uh, it is a biopic of the writer Truman Capote and his assignment for the New Yorker to write the nonfiction book in cold blood. Um, 
as I said, Philip Seymour Hoffman is the star, and that's, I believe, the main draw of this film. Um, Clifton Collins Jr., Bruce Greenwood, Bob Balaban, who's in tons of stuff, uh, Mark Pellegrino, looking to see if there's any other names I recognize off the top, not there. Um, 7.3 IMDb user score and 88 Metascore, so really high critically acclaimed movie. Um, it makes sense to finally check this off of my list. I know very little about Truman Capote, really. He's been always like on my periphery, and I've heard references. Uh, film was again from 2005. That's what we're going to be reviewing next week uh, when we come back for more Movie Club. Um, in the meantime, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the films that we're watching on biopics in general. You can reach out to us on social media. I am at Burke Reviews and Corey. At Corey R. Star, two R's on the end. And we ask if you like what we're doing here at Movie Club Podcast, you take just a few minutes on whatever podcast provider you use to uh, rate and review the podcast so other listeners can find the, sh the show and join in on the conversations. Um, in the meantime, we uh, say keep watching movies. Hey, this is Matt from What I Watch Tonight. Come join me in the back row for movie discussion, retrospective episodes with guests, director focus shows, end of year rankings, start of the year predictions, and much, much more. There's more going on in the back row than you might think. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com.